So, oh my goodness, I get to have so much fun. Uh, you know, it's unbelievable here on the floor of the National Religious Broadcasters Convention. I'm very excited about this interview that I have in front of me now, as we're doing NRB Chronicles 2022. So, we have an author, Aaron Taylor, but Aaron's book has got a very compelling title. And it's... <laughs> It, it kind of grabs you because it says, do you love me? There's, There it is, a great big question mark. And then you got three choices. You know, you would think it's either yes or no. <laughs> well, do you remember when you were a little kid? First, second grade, I, I fell in love for the first time, thought it was love. And uh, I, you know, wrote a little note to a girl and said, do you love me? Yes, no. And then I thought, well, that's a lot of commitment, maybe. And I put a maybe on there. And did she say maybe? Uh, she said no. <laughs> I had a lot of them say yes and no and a few maybes, but, you know, worked for me. And isn't that cool? I mean, isn't it cool how God, like, reminds us of those original places where our hearts were tender and we're looking for acceptance? Um, you know, I, there were so many things, man, that I can remember when I was – little and being smitten with love and getting this first taste of what that feels like and so you know anybody that looks at this title is going to kind of go back to that note because it's exactly what it looks like right right that's what it was meant to be yeah and, and so take us there how did how well did it's a play on words from when john 21 when jesus said uh to peter do you oh, love yeah. me and three jesus, times yeah and, and jesus uh peter responds to him and says you know i love you and, you know, I, I hate it when people use Greek and Hebrew terms and then define them. And, but in this case, you have to. Because Jesus didn't say, do you love me? He said, do you agape me? And Peter didn't say, I love you. He said, I phileo you. Well, the difference is unconditional love versus brotherly love or uh, Philadelphia. If you're good to me, I'm good to you kind of love. Right, so, and so let, but, can I, do you mind if yeah. we go into that? Because yeah, no, be a, a, it's a great thing to go. It's really... The basis of the book, which allows us to look at love in so many different ways, that are powerful. I, I studied this passage recently, and I do study Hebrew, but I also know a little Greek, and I certainly know the Greek that was used here because it's it's a classic study of Greek, right? That right. here you got three different, you know, kinds of four love. different kinds four of totals, love. Yeah. So, but in the case of Hebrew, there's just one, by the way. Right. No, I know. Just one, and however. From my perspective, yeah. If if you have a brother in and you're a Jew, now this is their culture, right? right? That to Peter, what he saw was Jonathan and David were were their souls were united, and so it wasn't like Peter saying, "Well, you know, I kind of like you, Jesus." It wasn't that. No. He was saying, "Man, like we are brother, like we are. Yeah, do I? Do you love me?" And he wasn't understanding Jesus is where Jesus was going. See, I think he was. Really? Ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. So what is the best definition? Is it a Greek term? Now, the best definition of God's kind of love is what? Right, Jesus. He, right. He laid down his life for his friends. Right. And what he taught about love. So do you unconditionally love God? I mean, I know this is a lot to ask. You may not even be a believer. I think you are. <laughs> but but do you love God? I mean, how many people would raise their hand? I unconditionally, I agape love Jesus. See, I don't think Peter's doing it because oh, I denied Jesus. I don't think he's doing it because well, I you know I'm not quite for sure. Try this one for size. 
If you love God, if you unconditionally love God, did you love him first? No, he loved me first. I mean, way. Okay. Well, there's other. Okay, I get that. Did, did, he, did you love him when he denied you, spit on you, didn't care about you? Did you still love Jesus? No. Okay. Okay, but, but, but you still love God. So did you love God when he had nothing to offer you at all? And you had no expectations because he had nothing to give you in return. No, because he did. So I have a question for you. Is it possible that what Peter heard when he heard, do you love me unconditionally with the kind of love I've taught my whole ministry? And Peter went, I can't. But you know I can brotherly love you. I can love you like you loved me. And then what are the next words? So did he leave Peter with a, a hopeless inability to love him? No, not at all. He showed him how to love. He said, go feed my sheep. Go find somebody to love first. Don't wait for them to come to you. Go find somebody who doesn't deserve your love, but you're going to love them anyway. Go find somebody who can give you absolutely nothing and show them love. And when you've done it unto them, you've done it unto me. That's what I believe that interaction primarily was. Is Peter, yes, loving Jesus, but not knowing how to answer that question and Jesus showing him how to truly love him. Well, then that brings, I, I, I see where you're going. I, yeah, All right. it took me a while to get there. Now, but it also uh, follows what happened afterwards, right? Like, he's going to tell Peter how he's going to die, and he's like, well, I can't. Yeah, to the point that, like, oh, yeah, you are. Um, like, oh, yeah, you are. Right? Because that's going to take a love that is a fruit. Agape love is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Right? It's not just a love. It's not eros. It's not brotherly love. And yet we, we love our mates. Another part of this, we love our mates. How? Well, brotherly. When my wife's good to me, I'm good to her. She makes me dinner. She meets my expectations. When she fulfills all the needs I have, we're good. <laughs> but that is not what Jesus asked. He said, would you agape like I've loved the church? I want you to love your wife. That's a whole different story. When she's not going to give me, when she's not, my expectations have to be lowered. Are you kidding me? And so it begins to look at love different. You look at love where Jesus is the vine, we're the branches, and we produce love. The greatest of all of these is love. And so what are I producing fruit for? Well, for people to come and just eat it. Well, what are they going to do for me? I don't know. I'm going to get that from the great reservoir of Jesus. And when I start getting what I need from Christ, I can give without worrying about it running dry. That's so. That's the basics, very basics. Well, that's story. like hugely illuminating, because I, interestingly, I interviewed a pastor not long ago who talked all about that very idea that the fruits of the spirit are not like, oh, I'm going to go love, and so I. It, it's not like that. Right. That, that this I is something that you have to tend the garden. You got to keep the weeds out. You got to. You got to be fed in the word. You got to abide. You got all this stuff, and then as a fruit, then you get patient, or or 
long-suffering, depending on how you want to de define all that. Then you get this. And so what you're talking about, I've tracked with that because I'm like, okay. Yeah. So he's told him to feed my sheep, take care of my lambs. In other words, right. he's giving him a, a, a practical way to, love to tend him. his garden yeah. and, and that it would bear fruit. Right. And, that and what's fruit the greatest be, fruit of all? Is that all these things we do, we do as unto the Lord for the purposes. And and if I get, if I not, see, I think I've turned my wife into God. I needed, the things I needed, I wanted her to supply. And she, being the most wonderful woman in the world, doesn't still measure up to God. Right. My friends don't. And so I'm crying out. Your radio why talk show clearly doesn't. Well, I'm just saying. I'm crying out. My soul, my soul's crying out. Do you love me? Do you even really care? Because you're not meeting my needs. But I'm trying to get her to meet the needs that I need Jesus to meet. And see, to 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 tap into the what God is doing to flow through me, also causes my branches to grow, and I get I get strengthened. And oh I yeah, that makes beautiful fruit. Wow, what a, so, what a what a tremendous what a tremendous insight. Again, the book is Do You Love Me? Yes, no, maybe. Experiencing and Extending Tremendous Love by Aaron Taylor. So, well, who's Aaron Taylor? Well, let me tell you one more thing that's in the book. Okay. That he's got then I'll tell you, right? All right, all right. One of the chapters, just to get you wet your whistle. My whistle's my whistle's wet as it can be. One of the one of the chapters is how to destroy a good church. Yeah. <laughs> how to wreck a good church. You know, that's exactly what happened. I started out in ministry. I, I, so I, I was born out of a, a, I, I know what to say it other than this. My dad raped my mom. 15-year-old, hmm. pushed his way into the house, raped my mom. I was given up for adoption. And, um, you know, I, I was adopted into a family where God allowed me to grow. At 12 years old, I'm giving you a real Reader's Digest version, but at 12 years old, um, I preached my first sermon. I knew I was called of God, got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I had my first sexual relationship with an older woman. I got drunk for the first time. I had got stoned for the first time, did drugs and meth for the first time at 12 years old. There was a weighing in the balance of trying God trying to reach me and the enemy coming far hard against me. I say that to say that God restored and helped, walked me through a lot of rejection, a lot of hurt, a lot of pain. And the answer of trying to get people to love me had to, had to get resolved. It took, it took not only my high school years. It didn't only take coming to Jesus. It didn't take just knowing and walking with Jesus. It took years when, when finally I realized that God loves me. He genuinely, un and you know, you, you don't appreciate that kind of love until you display that kind of love. And when you display it and you realize what it takes to love somebody, not for what they give you, but because God loves them. So we, we write this because it wrecked our church. I went from having millionaires in my church and full to... To take an, we're, we love to love people from an arm's distance. We we'd go out and love them from a long ways away. You know, we had great ministries to feed the homeless and clothe them and help them. And one guy, one day, God just said, "But you don't journey with them, you don't walk with them, 
you don't get down in the mud and lift them up. You reach out to them, but you don't embrace them. And we're to bind up their wounds. So we wrecked our church. We started inviting in the homeless, not hoping they come, not allowing them to come, but compelling them to come. We began to encourage our people, find somebody that's broken. You see someone along the street, don't give them food. You go take them somewhere, you talk with them, and you listen to them. Build a friendship. We started feeding right out of our church on a Sunday morning. Not a, not a Thursday night, not a celebrate recovery. A Sunday morning and said, come to church with us. And it, we lost a lot of people. And we gained the love of God demonstrated to our people as discipling them in loving others. And it's been the best journey. Now, financially, was it tough? Yeah. And you know what? God has abundantly provided in unique ways because because they didn't have anything. The ones we were loving didn't have anything. Oh, it's yeah. It's been yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Been beautiful. I, I, so Aaron Taylor's a pastor and of a church where? In Eugene, Oregon. Oh, yep. wow. How cool is that? Right in God's country with every liberal in the world. <laughs> I think they hold the convention between Portland and Eugene all the time. Well, interestingly, I, my car, my radio show is on in Portland, and I have some of the best listeners um, that I have. It's a great place to live. It's difficult, and all the you know that all the Christians <laughs> seem to be leaving us. I mean, I can I cannot start to count how many people moved to Tennessee, and Texas, and Florida, and Montana, and Idaho, and I'm like, could anybody stay here, or are we just going to let this part melt into the sea? But you know what? I'm still there, and we're still going to preach Jesus. Thank goodness, right? Yeah. And a plan where God gave. Uh, and, like, I am just so thrilled um, at, at what God, you know, it's just, it never ceased to blow me away. That I've been really thinking a lot about that passage lately. Yeah. Um, we, we actually do a Bible study in my neighborhood. Um, and I'm I'm involved in a, a, a lot of different things. Yeah. But in my actual neighborhood with my neighbors, and we're we, we, we right. just like two weeks ago were right here studying this very thing, and 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 broke out into this large discussion. And this one person was saying, "Well, Peter was just saying, man, I you know I like you." And I said, "No, man, it wasn't just I like you. It, it was it was more no, than I that." Agree. I, but but you, this brings a new light to that. To where, and I always had the sense that Jesus was calling him to something right. that was more Greater. than just restoring him. I, I know he was yeah. restoring him, but he was really calling him, and and now I see calling him into relationship. Right? I mean, and you say, well, wait, he's no. When you do it under the least of these, my brother, you're loving me. And again, it's not my relationship with God gets better. It's like, it's like when you when you don't have kids, you think you know about it. Then you have kids, and you go. Oh, that's what having kids is about. And that's what that kind of love, that's Sturgio. That's what that kind of love is. You don't know it. You think you know it until you do it. And then you know it. And loving others, once you love like Christ, you have, you're bonded with him like you, you didn't know you were. So, so I, am, I teach special needs oh. um, at my church. Funny story. Along these lines is that I was invited to teach 
the largest Sunday school class, at the, which was, had about 150 people in it. And without checking with my wife, I immediately thought, whoa, yeah, that's me. You know, we're going to do that. And and so they immediately, they were so excited about it. They went and voted the church. I was the teacher before my wife knew anything about it. And so I go to my wife, and I was like, Tammy, this was 22 years ago. I said, Tammy, good news. We're now the teachers of the Ham Sunday School class. And she goes, no, we're not. I'm like, what do you mean, no, we're not? And she goes, no. I really feel like God's called me that we're going to teach special needs. Well, we have no special needs in our family. I have no connection with this. I'm like, and, and this is how arrogant, okay, just so anybody that thinks that Robbie's not arrogant, here's how arrogant I was. I said, honey, what am I going to do? All this unbelievable Bible knowledge that I have, I can't share it with those people. It's a total waste. Yeah. <laughs> and she looked at me like, you know, that's the beauty of having a wife, you know, like, are you ridiculous or what? I mean, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Like, we are, this is what we're doing. I'm telling you, this is what we're doing. So I had this men's group. Yeah. I go to meet with them. And one of those guys was an old missionary, like, he was on the field for like 30 years or whatever. And, uh, and I'm telling them all my story, thinking they're going to totally go right. with me, right? And, and that, like, they're going to vote with me on this. This is a no-brainer. And they look, and, and Archie looks at me, and I'll never forget it, to the last day. He says, hey, you know, Robbie, unto the least of these, my brother. And I was like, you dog. You dog. You, you know, like, and, and so I'm like, okay. So I, I, I laid down the ham hey, Sunday school class. I go to this class, right? And I, I come for like three weeks, and these people are like punching the air, and they're acting, and, and these are adults. Right. So they're in their 30s, 40s, 50s, some of them older than me. And I'm just like freaked out. Like, I don't know what to do. I, like, and about the third week, the teacher of the class says, you know, Robbie, I hear you're a pretty good teacher. You know, let, next week we're going to teach on the fifth commandment. You know, what do you think about doing that? And I'm like, what the heck? I can't teach my own kids the fifth commandment. How am I going to teach that one? Right? It's honor thy father and thy mother. So right. I, I'm like, okay. So I start the week and like, okay, God, how do I, how in the world do I teach this? Because I had he had me right where he wanted me. Like, there's no way in the world I know how to teach this. And he said, Robbie, how do you honor? And I said, Well, I guess you get down on your knees and and, and so he said, Yeah, there you go. There you go. Just show it. Just as simple as it can get. Just make it simple. Okay. So I go to the class that day and and I teach this thing. I got a flannel graph of a mother and a father, and I do everything I can because I, I really don't have a clue what I'm doing. And this, um, uh, I, you know, they're looking out the window. They're doing anything but looking at me. And I am certain that I've done absolutely nothing for an hour-long class until the parents show up. And when the parents show up, guess what happens? They get down on their knees. They get down on their knees. That's awesome. And the parents go, what's this? Well, one of the late teachers said, you know, Robbie was teaching on honor thy father and the tears like their kids learn something from and, and like oh my gosh and what happened i would have told you god taught me way you know like <laughs> I, <laughs> you never right, lose right right you never like, lose and and so when you say 
because I went into that thinking I got nothing, you know. Right. But that isn't it at all. Because it is that, like, man, God will show you stuff. So one of the things in the book, I talk about this reservoir of love because, you know, people are always worried about burnout or we're going we're gonna to lose. I, you know, when we tap into this reservoir of love and realize that no matter when I go back, my needs are met, that, that God is there, an unending flow of his love and acceptance for me. It, it changed forgiveness. It changed all that. And what you're talking about, I, I think pastors, I'm, I'm guilty of it. You know, we take a subject like this. Really, this is a simple thing. Yet it's really deep and complex. Isn't that exactly what Jesus does in his word? He takes these really intellectual, really deep subjects and he makes them simplest to these fishermen and to the prostitute and to the tax collector. And he shares the gospel in such a simple way. I think love's been overlooked. We know that we know what it's supposed to be, but we're disconnected with it. And you know what those disabled people did for you? They showed you how abled that you can be in God. I mean, I I start to realize, wait a second. I, I started, you know, well my I need some more respect. <laughs> But what happens when I share the simple things and, and you know, it's really the simple ones that, that hear the word and they don't have so much baggage. They respond to it and it brings, I mean, yeah, yeah, it yeah, brings yeah. life. It does. And for me to take this, how great God is and to be able to share that with somebody. And it seems so much bigger than life, so much more than I can share. And then you look at them and you think that, you know, I've been pastoring forever and I've traveled all over the world. I've been to Africa, I've been to the Philippines, and I've been, I've held little babies that are dying. And, and you start to realize, you know, I, I don't have to be all that. Because really we preach trying to make us, us sound good and be somebody. <laughs> oh, I get it. And this book, to me, changed everything. When I can share the simplest love, it might be what I say, it might be what I do, it, it might just be showing respect to somebody who hasn't earned it. Because you know what? God earned my respect. Right. God earned my love. So they don't have to. God has forgiven me. I forgive others. Only because, in fact, one of the things in this book that I share, I'm going to have the whole book done if we're not careful. <laughs> one of the things I share in this book, um, and you talked about groups, we, I wrote it so that you could read it individually, but I also wrote it so you could get together as a church group and answer some questions after each chapter so that as church groups you can get together and study through this. And we sell it in bulk on our website at mycrossfire.com. We sell it so that church groups can, you know, get 10, 15. We give them a big discount and say, hey, you do it together. Grow together as a community. But I, my wife, I always was, you know, hey, if, you know, if you're faithful to me, you know, I'm faithful to you. We'll stay together. Right? Like it was some kind of a threat. Like, well, as long as you never cheat on me, we're okay. Right? As long as you pull your weight, we're okay. That's not unconditional love. No. You say, well, but the church gives, I mean, the yeah. Bible gives the right for divorce, on, you know, if there's infidelity. 
Yeah, because we can't forgive, but we can with the grace of God. And and look at this for a second. I went to my wife. God laid this on me, and one day he just said, Aaron, you've been unfaithful to me, and I forgave you. Now, I have a wife who's never been unfaithful that I'm aware of. I have no reason to think she ever will be. I have the best wife in the world. Mainly because she's doing the same thing I'm doing. We're going to love Jesus and let him love through us. Right. Well, it makes it a lot easier when that starts to happen. But um, i got to say this. I went to her and I said, honey, I, I just want to tell you something. If you were to cheat on me in the future or if you have, I want you to know we're going to work through it and I'm going to love you. I'll never divorce you. And she's like, where'd that come from? <laughs> I said, because I've been unfaithful to Jesus more times than I want to count. And I want him to forgive me. And I want him to love me. And it brings up the story of the uh, prodigal son. When he came back, he got a ring and a robe and he got shoes. And a steak dinner. Yeah, and a steak dinner. <laughs> but you know about those shoes, something we miss? Those shoes allowed him to not be a servant and not be a slave. Those shoes gave him the ability to walk away again. And you're not in true relationship until you give the power for somebody to walk away from you. If they don't have the power to not love you, to reject you, right? then... Wow, that's heavy. Yeah. yeah and I, I realized I was trying to hold my wife to a law instead of giving her shoes and saying, I love you, and I'm going to love you in a way you'll never want to walk away from me again. I, I got a, a call from this. Someone read the book. This man reads the book. He calls me. He says, Pastor, he says, my wife cheated on me. I left. I moved out. I, I was going to fight for my kids. I hired a divorce, divorce attorney. I was done. And I read your book. And I went home and I asked my wife if I could move back in. And I told her not only, not only have I forgiven her, I then told her all the failures that I had done that I didn't tell her. I told her I was struggling with pornography and masturbation and I wasn't being the husband because I wasn't living right. And I asked her to forgive me. He said it changed our whole love. Oh, yeah. Once I let God love me, I learned how to love someone else. Isn't that awesome? awesome. Wow, that's powerful. Well, we got to we gotta go. I know. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> Again, the book is Do You Love Me? Yes, No, Maybe. Experiencing and Extending Tremendous Love by Aaron Taylor. And again, your website is mycrossfire.com or you can go to Amazon and just put Do You Love Me? It'll pop right up. Aaron Taylor. Awesome, awesome. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thank Great you. talking to you. Great Same stories. Here. Oh, yeah. Wow.